0: talking about the things that make your home service business go marketing finance systems people this is the fight club for business podcast i don't know what to do with myself either so i'm just going to hear and like <laughs> watch the show
1: and we're live and we're live we did it see not that hard we can do it with michelle will be here eventually it's hard for us to go without michelle in the beginning because we our systems person is who handles all of this so we miss her but she'll be with us soon
2: but welcome back to fight club everyone happy tuesday happy tuesday oh happy tuesday why don't we do this on friday so we can be saying happy friday <laughs> you know, <that's> a <laughs> tuesday man i got it late
1: you Hello. know, I think some people need the pick-me-up right after a Monday too. Mondays are hard. They're not fun. No one likes Mondays. Monday's like the redheaded stepchild of the week. So
3: I we need, we need
1: that fun pick-me-up. I
3: had a great We you had were a great Monday. At noon and we got massages. It's great. But that makes today like the worst
1: Monday because it's like a second Monday or a yeah. fake Monday. <laughs> the fake. Yeah, the fake Mondays are never fun. <laughs> Well, welcome back to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts and we get to be joined this be- this week, excuse me, by our guest Ryan Redding. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. Yeah,
0: thanks for As having me. Far... It's fun to be here. And yeah, this is fun.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I think I'm I'm getting used to a new microphone and headset here so I apologize if I cut people off. Um I think I have a little bit of a delay, but, uh, do you mind just giving our listeners a brief rundown, Ryan, of yourself, your background and your business?
0: Totally. So yeah, I always feel weird talking about myself, but, uh, I studied marketing in undergrad, uh, ended up graduating and like working at an ad agency in St. Louis where I worked with one, like the largest fast food companies in North America. And really quickly, uh, had to unlearn everything I learned in undergrad it was kind of a train wreck oh yeah (laughs) Um, but it was a really good experience to learn like how large enterprise like fortune 500 companies think about marketing um Mm -hmm. so did that for a while fast forward a few years uh started the company which is now Levergy, which is a full service digital agency uh, specifically for home service companies our bread and butter is going to be plumbing hvac electrical like those guys we work with all day every day Um, but it's, it's a really interesting way to take like all the experience, all the academic knowledge, all the, like the big enterprise level insight uh, and apply those things to help contractors, more money, be more profitable, like get the jobs they need to, to hit their goals. So that's kind of the, I guess the 30 second version of who I am and what Levergy does.
1: Awesome. That's fantastic. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, my marketing brain kind of like sparked a few different times there when you were going through your intro. So I'm very excited to pick a few pieces out of that and chat with you. Um, my name is Taylor Maroney. As I mentioned before, I have a background in marketing. Mine came from a graphic design. So actually the creative background side of marketing. Um, and through that, I really got to work for a few different marketing companies, fell in love with the social media aspect of it is really where I work a little bit more now. Don't actively work in a marketing company currently, but I do run a, um, I guess it would be a micro. It's micro nano influencer account. Um, and I also help my husband with his power washing company. So I am co owner there as well. And that's in South Florida. So I get to kind of incorporate both those worlds together and learn how they can kind of co mingle and help him with social media. So it's been a lot of fun. And thank you for joining us, Ryan. And welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Yes, love it.
3: Oh, Drew's here. Drew got Hi,
1: Drew. Here. Drew's our best. Best he fan. He's
3: our best, and he also runs a marketing company. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Drew and I were in Cancun together yesterday, and he got stuck in Atlanta. So hope you get home today, Drew. Sorry you did not get stuck in Cancun. Uh, my name is Nathan Likes. I am the... Oh, gosh, we need to rewrite all of this, don't we? Okay, let's see. I'm the founder (laughs) of Likes Accounting Company, a full-service accounting firm. It is technically tax day for most of the United States, not for us Californians, because we had so much flooding. So if you're a client watching this, And you live in the county that I live in. We have been auto until October 15th, which made it a very weird tax deadline. Uh, But we do full-service bookkeeping for home service companies. So we help you know your numbers. We help you turn those P&Ls into working documents that can make better and faster decisions about your company. I am the CEO of Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters, a full, no, not full service. But we do window cleaning, gutter cleaning. Recently, we re-added pressure washing. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a big move last week or the week before. Our average (laughs) tickets are going up again, which is exciting. Uh, That rain that I mentioned. Lots of rain this winter. (laughs) Uh, Bookkeeping Academy Online, they educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives. Uh, Trying to be an influencer. Meg likes money. Please follow that page. Uh, We're going to catch up to Tay. That's the goal. Martha and I started a new company called Service Ally. There's a whole bunch of other things. But I'm happy to be here uh, and nice to meet Ryan. We had a nice little chat this morning.
2: Yeah, I think you're going to have to limit it to three.
3: Yeah, um, we're going to have to like cut you down. Yeah, I think I should. And I noticed at QDS, you limited it for me. And I, I loved how you prioritized. That made me happy.
1: <laughs> or maybe it's like um, three per week. Maybe that's <laughs> what we can do.
2: That's a good plan. We'll so... Uh, Michelle's not here. So uh, skipping to me, Martha Woodward. I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software, which is an employee performance software client retention. And then I owned a maid service company right side up Uh, in Owasso, which Ryan will know where that is. Um, Owasso. Yeah, for about 13 years. So anyway, um, and Bartlesville. So welcome to Fight Club, Ryan. Um, Tay is going to get us started, and you guys can talk all things (laughs) marketing.
1: Thank you, Martha. Well, she is right, Ryan. I get to steal you first, and... I'm very intrigued about how you kind of have to had to just throw everything you knew from college out the window, out the door from what you learned and getting involved with your first um, ad agency that you worked with. It is something that you see pretty often people that have like business degrees or that go into marketing or go into graphic design, you know, any of those fields, you do take pieces of it that stick to your core and who you are as that, you know, career, but you do learn so much more when you get into the marketing world and really break into that. And through an ad agency, I can only imagine the things that you learned and kind of were able to take from there and then bring into your now business and marketing business itself. So can we kind of talk about that journey a little bit? Because I'm, my gut tells me that your company now was probably shaped from a lot of the things that you did learn from that ad agency.
0: You know, what's funny is in some ways it is, and in some ways it isn't because the, one of the differences between, between like a, an enterprise level company, right, with like a, a Fortune 500 company and like a locally owned business, mm-hmm. like a plumbing, HVAC, electrical, power washing company, is this idea of for, for most businesses in the United States, I'll say like 80% of the businesses, their dollars matter. <laughs> the marketing mix matters and they have to be able to correlate it to revenue at some point. That's how they can justify spending their own money uh, towards marketing efforts. When you are a large, like trillion dollar company, that money's made up. Like it's almost like monopoly money. And so the idea of like so true. how much airtime you get, how many commercials you get, how many billboards you get, how many vans or trucks or whatever semis are wrapped, eh, you're just like playing with stuff that doesn't always correlate, can't directly attribute any of that. And so that's probably the biggest difference is like realizing that there's a whole lot of like theo- theoretical, conceptual, abstract sort of things that you do on like really, really massive brands. And they're tied to the, these like um, obtruse ideas and concepts. But when you, but for most business owners, they don't have that luxury because they need that stuff to matter. Like they need to be like, hey, I'm doing this campaign Here's what I can expect for like leads coming in the door and hopefully what I can get as far as an ROI from that based on ops. So, so really, I think what, what it allows me to do now is kind of separate out the stuff that seems sexy or seems like, Ooh, everyone's talking about this new shiny thing and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah but that doesn't, that doesn't make your, your phone ring. Right. I can like yeah. help pragmatically break it down into things that will, will address the need that they have and not just like sexy bells and whistles
1: oh that's so true and it's a a thing too that i feel like a lot of the small the smaller home service businesses or even like you you work with second tier businesses are working with is brand identity they don't have that same brand identity that a large corporation does have that you were working with at that said ad agency so the room to be able to play around with so many different things is not there and that's completely accurate it's so hard to kind of just throw money at something and not really know what's coming in so what are some of the things that you have seen, let's say in recent years, that were kind of those shiny new objects? Because it's funny you say that. It is it is something that a lot of people do. They see the new marketing ploy and they're like, okay, I need to jump on, let's say TikTok, which is like, great. Okay, what is that gonna do for a home business and home service business? And how is that really gonna help them? Is it even gonna bring in leads?
0: Yeah, yeah. TikTok's actually a really great example because I'm, I'm of two minds of that. So one, let's let's back up to the customer most customers do not think about a plumbing company or an hvac company or a power washing company or a roofer until there's a problem mm-hmm. like, nobody wakes up on a thursday morning being like i wonder what pest control <laughs> companies are around me n- n- no one like no one does. no one and so and frankly no one cares to follow a pest con- a pest control website or a facebook page like no no one cares um so it's, it's your customers only think about you when they need you, right? Which is, so if you're trying to acquire a customer, you have to go after the demand sources. Statistically, we know there's gonna be like search engines gonna be like Google's a big one. Uh, paper lead source is gonna be one of those. But in reality, things like TikTok, nobody is going to TikTok because they need a roofer. Yeah. Nobody. No. Um, it doesn't mean that that channel's broken because what it's, what's happening with TikTok, and I remember this in 2019, in 2019 there were so few brands that were that were active on the platform there was like chipotle there was wendy's and there's like one more like there's so few businesses that were present because it was mainly right. like uh 13 year old girls from asia were the most active like demographic in 2019. Mm-hmm. 2020 happened everyone gets on there and be like this is addicting as hell um and now all these companies and brands are are active you're probably not gonna find a good lead gen source. I have close friends of mine, um, Brent and Lizzie Harpool, they're in Oklahoma City, uh, but they have Champion Plumbing. They have a really amazing TikTok presence and they maybe get like one lead a month, maybe. Maybe. Right. It doesn't mean that the channel's broken though. Um, so right now, the way that I'm thinking about TikTok is, uh, for my generation, I'm not going to say my age, but let me just say that I remember when Facebook was only for college kids. Um, <laughs> Facebook is the predominant social channel that people my age go to and older, right? Yes. Like that's what you think of. And then the generation below me, like my sister's age, uh, Instagram was kind of the first default. So what's what's happening in my opinion is TikTok is going to be the kind of generational shift. Oh, look, he showed up. <laughs>
4: I'm so glad you're talking about TikTok. I might be addicted. So I'm jumping right in and jumping in. Okay, let's go. Let's go. It's
0: totally <laughs> addicting. But it's like, it's coming from the ground up, right? So TikTok, I think is disrupting, not just like the generational demographic, but I also think it's it's disrupting how other channels are forced to aggregate and distribute content. So YouTube 100%. Shorts percent percent result of TikTok. So that vertical format, short play video content is going nowhere thanks to TikTok. So, so I'm of this weird mind of like, just because you can't directly to lead to that doesn't mean it's worth abandoning because those people who are now 15, right. 16, 17 years old, who'd consume this, guess what? They're going to be buying age and not very long. They're going to be your customer and not very long. Get on their radar, become the company they know, they trust, they think of, they look to uh, start doing that with a competition small because it's only going to get more and more difficult.
1: Absolutely. And I know a lot of people, I think an easy way for a lot of people, we get, my friends say it all the time, they're like, oh, you can just do like those like gratifying, like before and after videos of just like the OCD, like cleaning side of things. And you don't really realize how many people like are obsessed with that type of a video. Like it's something that really resonates with a lot of people over various age demographics. And It's true. I mean, those are the type of things that you can get in early and kind of hook in that younger generation because it's just like mindless. They're just kind of watching it and it's like, wow, this is so nice and so relaxing. But as they get older, it's like, oh, I kind of need that for my home that I've now purchased 10 years later and I'm now a homeowner. So now we can kind of still be following that same company and working with them and interacting with them. But like you said, the leads don't come from it immediately. So knowing that it's a longer game plan and and kind of in a way like i kind of look at it in the same as seo right i mean seo is like a longer game plan you're you're putting more effort into something to know that later on it's going to have a benefit and payoff right that's kind of how these new social channels are playing out there's i mean there's another new one called lemon 8 now which is a kind of a mix of the pinterest tiktok instagram kind of feel of everything i'm still myself navigating the the inner side of this new social realm but this is never going to go away this concept of social interaction online is going to consistently change and and evolve in different formats. And a good one, like you said, that I think is very beneficial is YouTube Shorts right now. Because I don't know about you, but I'm seeing those constantly. That's one of the things that I see all the time on YouTube. I don't even get the full format video anymore. I really am getting the Shorts mostly. So those are areas that, in my opinion, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it as well, business owners can benefit from.
0: Oh, totally. And I think, so you mentioned like comparing it to SEO and what's interesting, in my opinion, so SEO, for those who don't know, because there's, there's a whole lot of like people who talk about SEO, but SEO in general is like uh, the process of helping a property rank on a search engine, right? So it's helping it rank better on Google or on Maps or on Bing or on Amazon, like whatever, whatever the search engine is, it's helping that product have better visibility where you have really good engagement and reach and uh, social activity on TikTok or YouTube shorts, you're creating the the likelihood that when a customer does go to one of those search engines when they need you, they recognize you.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: So, and that becomes really, really profitable for businesses to do. So not only do you say, hey, you cultivate this sort of awareness. People know you, they trust you. They're not a customer on those channels, right? But they become fans, they become loyal, they become trusting. And in home service companies, trust is everything. It's everything. And then when they need you, they do a search like plumber near me. If they see you in the top three, they see you in the LSA, if they see you in the ads, if they see you in the maps, if they see you in the top three organic, and they recognize you from all that social stuff, you just got their business. Like it's that immediately, Right? And so that's where it doesn't replace SEO. It doesn't replace PPC, but it absolutely enhances how effective all your other marketing is, is being. And, and that's true with like branding at large, right? Um, my friend, Dan, Dan Antonelli at KickCharge Creative, he likes to talk about like a, a crappy brand has the tax of having expensive marketing like because you're having to pay more for all the leads that you get. And
2: Absolutely. you have a solid brand,
0: it's easier to make all those other channels more efficient and lower cost of acquisition. And so when you think about all those things together, like TikTok, YouTube shorts, all those just help make everything easier that you're doing that's not social.
1: It is. And it's, and like you said, it's, it's all on the same wheel, right? Like this wheel that we have with all the different spokes working towards one main goal, which is that overall marketing goal of eventually bringing in new leads, bringing in new customers, building that knowing, like, and trusting that brand. And we have, you did speak a lot about money. So I honestly could probably take the whole show with you, (laughs) but we maybe we'll save that for a YouTube short at some point of you and I hopping on real quick and talking about a few things (laughs) in the future of Five Club. But I will go ahead and thank you for your time, because that was incredible, and pass you off to Megan, so you guys can talk a little bit about finances.
3: I was just, like, enjoying I was just
1: like, give <laughs> me popcorn. Keep going. <laughs> the whole hour. That was really entertaining.
3: Um, and speaking all of my language, um, I used Dan Antonelli for a rebrand of my window cleaning company two years ago, maybe. And uh, it was witnessed on the show, and it was very painful for me, because I'm, I like to pinch my dollars. And I like to attribute marketing dollars to revenue, just like you described with your ideal targets. And branding is one of those things where you're like, it's going to be a soft touch. It's going to be really mm-hmm. hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Postcards is the other one. I just finally turned postcards on last year and that that's a hard one for me. Cause I'm like, I know I'm not going to get the dollars on the board that I want to <laughs> tell me it's going to work, but I'm just going to let it ride. Um, so I, I'd love to just, I usually like to give a menu of choices. So I'm going to give you a couple of options of where we can take this to talk about money. Um, They're all going to be fun. And you're going to tell us where you want to go. The first one is like where... Let's, I love talking about startup mode because sometimes, you know, there's been all these rumblings of things that are happening. Sometimes we have to get back to the basics. So mm-hmm. uh, if, you were, if you were starting a company or if you were helping a startup company, where would you want them to focus their marketing energy in order of priority? That would be one option that we could do. Um, Second option could be, what are you loving for best ROI for those people who do like to attribute marketing dollars to revenue? Like what's your favorite thing right now? Um, Option number three, what's your favorite thing to do as a marketing agency? Like I feel like sometimes the marketing agency's perspective is different than the client's perspective, but there's good alignment usually. So um, I ask like all financial planners that like, what's your favorite part about financial planning? And and then I like, you know how to refer people. So yeah, which of those, and you can't say all three. Everybody always says all three or they're like, I'm going to wind them all together. No, choose one and we'll make it work because we get like four minutes.
0: But <laughs> no, I think I can actually talk through two of these really quickly because all right, let's do the it. second one, and here's why I always, I always push back at marketing, having ROI, because in my opinion, marketing is cost of acquisition. ROI is the world of operations all day long. So marketing is going to be getting the leads in the door, getting the phone in the ring, getting that. But once the marketing does its job, CSR has got to book it. People got to close it. Salespeople got to be able to know if the price themselves right. That's the world of ROI. So there's marketing that can be like, hey, this is going to be a lower cost of acquisition than others. And I can compete those all day long. But the companies with like, we have clients that have like 35, 38X ROI. They're just killer ops people all day. And so they want to give us the credit for helping them like make bajillions of dollars. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is, we do our job. You do your job. Like that's how those, those partnerships work. So I pushed back at the marketing, having a magic ROI button in my okay. experience, uh, it's operations. So that's the second point. The first point was, uh, if you're startup mode, customer experience all day, every day. And that's true. If you're wanting to scale, that's true. If you just acquired a company, that's true. If you're trying to make an impact, uh, impressing the hell out of your customer and solving their problem better than anyone else will have the best ROI of any effort you could do. Don't spend it on PPC, don't spend it on LSA, don't spend it on anything else. Focus on exceptional customer experience from from first touch to last touch. Get the flipping Google review and then move on and do it again. Uh, That will make everything else you do just far more efficient. You'll get referral ratings, your conversion rates go through the roof. Like, If you have one thing to do and a tight budget, Customer experience. I um, love that.
3: We have to pause for just a second. So, okay, I, listeners, I uh, don't really know what you just said, and I'm not being like judgy, and I'm not saying that they don't understand. But I'm going to just pause you because I, as a listener, I, as a home service company, did not know what you just said up to go six for it. Months, okay, okay, up to six months ago. Okay, and I've been in business for 15 years. So we think because it's our babies. That we know what the customer experience is, we think because it's our babies that we know what our technicians are doing and our lead technicians are doing and our CSRs are doing and our office people are doing and our quality control. Fair point. Are doing. We don't actually know because it's our baby and we're incredibly biased. So, oh, I guess we can get this homework part. But I'm going to challenge you if you're like, yeah, my customer my customer experience is awesome you need to audit it because what if it's not awesome and if it's awesome better yet because now you can kind of like optimize it and make it awesomer more awesome sauce awesome more music, awesome must better.
0: mustest yeah mustest. that
3: you could do that okay so now keep going but like the people who are just discounted whatever you just said i'm i'm like telling you don't do that don't do that because that's like magical what you just said because the customer series is everything and Martha is going to have a heyday about what it does for like buying from your team and like it. it's just it's everything
4: oh Michelle is freaking out also okay I might, I might be doing this right now my husband's floor coatings business is coming into pink collars as a customer and he has to tell me every touch point that happens we're laying in bed last night he's on the thing he goes hey I wish there was so I'm, I'm hundred percent doing this right now. It's creepy wild to watch it from his perspective coming through. Cause I haven't done it in a long time. So I'm doing it right now.
3: I have a coaching company that I work with that likes accounting company. And they were like, Megan, your customer journey sucks. And I was like, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> but like, they're like, you need to document it out. And it's true. I have all this stuff in my head, but like, until you can get it in front of the client and really articulate it, it is, it is Ryan. That was. That's a golden answer. That's almost mic drop worthy, but I feel like you wanted to say one more thing. So I'm gonna let you button that up in this money section.
0: No, it's. I, but I think I, I think you're underlining the important part, right? Is I think people take it for granted or they think that people saying the customer experience is important are exaggerating. And mm-hmm. it is really hard to exaggerate how important it is to exceed the customer expectations. And, and in part, really just understand the customer mindset. Every every flipping customer who calls you today is pissed off and worried about how much it's going to cost everyone. And if the first thing you do is like, "Oh, I can't get to it until two weeks from now, whatever. Like there's this emotional tension, chaos, turmoil, drama. That's like, they don't want to mess with it. Like and they, didn't, you they didn't want to
3: call you. That's the other thing. Like they yeah. woke up this morning, not wanting to call you. And then suddenly yeah. had to call you. We have a dear yeah. friend, a secret weapon and Amanda Powell with power selling pros. And they're so good at acknowledging this. They are so um, good. But <laughs> I want to tee up a small plug for Martha Woodward and quality driven software, because Ryan and I were nerding out about service Titan, which we love service Titan before. And I, I am constantly shocked when I'm in a service Titan account. And, um, they tell me that they offer an exceptional client experience. This is what every client tells you. Every client I work with tells me that. And they probably do, but they don't have any data to tell me that that's true. And I'm a data nerd. I'm a CPA. I like numbers, right? And I'm like, how do you know? And they're like, well, look at how many reviews we have on Google. And, I, and I'll and i do the math by technician. I'll be like, do you know you have a less than 1% response rate for that technician? How do you know that technician is delivering excellent customer service? And they say, well, because... And I say, well, because like, what are the other 99% of the clients that they're talking to thinking or feeling? Probably mediocre or below mediocre service. How do we get it better? It's one of the reasons I love quality driven software and my entire company is driven around this quality experience because we survey our customers and then we demand that they tell us how we did. 50% response rate or higher. If it's less than 50%, I say that it's just statistically irrelevant that like eh, you did good on that one or you did bad on that one. But how do we know that you're delivering that quality experience every single time and taking a step further, going beyond quality experience to exceptional client experience. They'll be oh, beating out on your door to tell you, right?
0: Mm-hmm. They totally will.
3: They totally will. They totally and will. there's a lot of magic that can happen once they're body to beat down your door, right? Raving fans. Okay. I have one more question, Ryan, favorite book. around this around client experience
0: uh there's oh gosh okay there's a book called talk triggers that is really interesting to think about um which is uh, it's about like how to create these like talkable moments where your customers talk about you without you having to market um it's about sort of that like tactile sort of engagement Uh, another one is there's a book called be our guest which is about uh, how disney crafts these customer experiences uh, really, really fascinating, and if you if you care at all about helping your customers, like wow them, you have to pick up both of those books because they're really, really powerful tools.
3: Love it, thank you. I'm going to pass you to Michelle. She's going to nerd yeah. out
4: the systems. I am so sorry I'm late. I I was not on TikTok. I promise. I was doing a business thing I could not get out of. Um, but I want to go back to where I jumped in earlier on TikTok. For those that have not. Done TikTok before, and I am one of them. I am 100% stalking everyone through an account with my children's faces on it because they started a TikTok like a year ago and didn't That's tell me. That's not creepy that.
0: sounding at all. You're totally it's cool. Not
4: at all weird, I know, but it's like, how did you guys get a TikTok? Neither one of them even had phones last year. I don't know how it happened, but they laugh about it. There's old chicken videos on there from our old house. But tell me how you can get started if you're a home service business owner. Do you put yourself on the camera? Do you put your team on the camera? Do you put your work on the camera? Is there one like comfortable place to start if you've never done it? Hope our so know. my,
0: yeah, there's a whole lot of way to drive perfection on any social platform, but I'm okay. of the opinion that progress over perfection. So if you don't have a TikTok thing, step one is create a TikTok account. Just perfect. Okay. and start doing content. If you can do four posts a day, fantastic. I really don't care if it's you, if it's your kids, like walking around as you're doing a job, don't care. Just start doing something. Something, anything is better than nothing.
4: Really? Uh, Because most
0: people, because here's the deal is most people won't do the work. They won't do the time. They'll just like get caught up on like, well, it's got to be perfect or it's not the right person or I don't look good on camera or whatever. Sort of like mental roadblock. And my argument is don't care. Don't care. Do it. Do anything. Don't care. Something, anything.
1: That's so and cool. you can
0: dial in what works later. Well, that's no big deal. But, but just get, started. get volume. The game is volume, 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 volume. So get the stuff out. And then as you go, you'll learn what your customer responds to, what you enjoy doing, what people talk about, and start doing more of those. But don't focus on quality first. Focus on, on quantity. Get the volume out.
4: I love it. I love it. Now I noticed last night at probably very late two in the morning that if you go down on the right panel, there's a toggle for business. Is there a difference between a business account and a personal account? Like how does that help if you're in the business world?
0: Yeah. So like I have a personal account that has like nothing. It's totally what he uses, stock people and like, and like <laughs> jam up my FYP with stuff that I care about. And then there's a okay. the business stuff, which like, okay, oh, cool, that has like branded stuff that we have like a brand identity. Uh, there's, there's some like minute distinctions between them. But for the most part, if somebody just sets up a personal as a business, it's not the worst thing in the world. Again, just do something.
4: Okay, beautiful. Um, okay, yeah. then how about tools and tech? Because I do systems. Are there any like recording apps or the editing apps or anything that you're seeing out there that you like that you're using or that you see other people using, especially in the home services space? Or uh, yeah, that's have-
0: that's a really good question. So there is there's a couple. If depending on the type of stuff you're wanting to do, the video editing, it's kind of getting easier and easier with all sorts of tools available. If yeah. you have just a smartphone, this is gonna sound crazy. Snapchat has some of the best on-demand filters really? for video and photo creation. Uh, cool. Everyone's starting to catch up to what they do. So really? Snapshot is a really good platform for just like, if you don't know video editing software, no bigs, use that. Um, if you have access to a desktop, say again. Sorry,
4: go ahead. No, no you're right. <laughs> Uh
0: there's, there's another called uh, uh, Descript that uh, our team uses a lot for processing one video and disseminating across multiple channels. So if you yeah. have a video you're like, hey, and by the way, this is the secret because people get overwhelmed by Oh, I've got to do something for Facebook and have to do something for Instagram and have to do something yeah. for YouTube Shorts and have to do something for TikTok. And it's like, I don't have the time. You're right. Uh, using a tool like Descript makes it where one video, you kind of do your edit and then you can output it to the different channels and the different formats that you need. So you're repurposing the same content across multiple channels in their native file types. Uh, but that's really helpful because now you can actually do use AI to do all the captions that people read. So all that stuff happens like yeah. that. Um, those things are are really, really helpful and they've, they've never been easier, but if nothing else, if you have an Android, if you have an iPhone, if you have some sort of smart device, the on-device software to edit those is better than most things we had five, 10 years ago. Really? So you don't need Adobe Premiere. You don't need a fancy, like anything. Just start doing something somewhere. Um, you probably have it at your fingertips.
4: I love it. I love it. I love Descript. I'm going to look into it. I might make that part of our homework. How about um, the words across the thing where it like t- captions everything you're saying? Is that in a software somewhere that we should know about? Because I love those. Yeah. So
0: Descript has a, f- a function do to do that. that. Uh, <laughs> yep. And Descript uses like AI, so you have to like teach the right. model like this is my voice and this is what I sound like and these are the type of words I use and they're really really right. good. Um, and for the most part, it's right ish. Yeah. Um, there's another tool that like, we use a lot for like YouTube stuff, which is Rev, Rev.com. Mm-hmm. And they have manual human people who actually do the editing and same thing. If you have like unique jargon of vocabulary, that's like industry specific, you can just articulate like, this is what this means so that the person listening knows how to type. Um, but that's usually really fast and you just pay per word on that sort of product. But yeah, the script has, has AI functionality and Rev.com has uh, the manual human component.
3: You just saved my cool. life, Ryan. New friend.
0: I mean, I don't want to say I'm a big deal, but I'm kind of a big
3: deal. So. <laughs> I, have been, I have signed up for six different versions of Descript. Let me share with you the genius Uh-oh. of Descript. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is the coolest part. So it will transcribe your video and you can delete your filler words and your spaces. It will auto caption using AI. You have to tell them how to spell your first name if you spell your first name weird. But... Here's the thing that it has that nothing else has that I've been researching for months now. It has an API Zap with ChatGPT. So now I've written a flow where I can take the transcript and it will turn it into a blog post and then it will turn it into an email summary and then it will turn it into a social media short little description. And then it will research the hashtags. And now you can do all of your content on automation. Ryan, that's amazing. Mic drop. I love
4: it so much. And all of this on Descript, that is wild. Well, Descript plus ChatGPT, but hell yeah. Wild.
2: Yeah,
0: it just, it plugs in with other tools really well. And Descript is like, it's purpose built for applications like we're talking about. Like that's oh my its main God,
4: I'm so happy. Love it. I'm shout, shout out to my fellow, uh, my fellow podcaster here, Megan, because she's really good about just putting content out there. And I love it, and it's great, and you get to watch her just be in the world, right? Be out there in nature, <laughs> Megan in the wild. And I love that, and so I'm, I'm one of those people that you mentioned that gets a little bit stuck, and I don't know you know, how to kind of move forward, so I'm, I'm grateful for your input there. That's really helpful. I'm gonna pass you on to Martha, so we can talk all about the people that make all of this possible. Thank you so much, Ryan. I'm so glad I just walked up to you at Women in HVACR and said, hi. I recognize you from online. You want to come join us on our podcast? I know. I was just like, do, do,
0: do, 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 Welcome by.
4: <laughs> like, hey, I think I need to know you. Now, that's how we met.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you did. And I know we had this scheduled before and I got, I got sick and I had to go to urgent care. So I'm sorry about the last minute cancellation, but thank you Carla. for understanding of the reschedule.
4: We're so happy you're here. We're so happy you're here. Okay. On to Martha. Thanks
2: so much, Ryan. Yeah. I want to get more into the customer experience because uh, most of what I do culture-wise is touchy-feely and customer experience is touchy-feely. Um, I, I think that those of us who are entrepreneurs and own a business and care about customer experience are like a different kind of animal when we're <laughs> a consumer and, mm-hmm. um, and I try not to be, uh, you know, I try to have, like, have my minimal viable customer experience threshold, you know, and not be crazy. But uh, I, I, I already know what I want my homework to be because when I go in anywhere, I think we're all like this we are studying that customer experience when it's a restaurant movie theater whatever it is you know and i am bad about saying well this is stupid you know and this is you know (laughs) (laughs) why do you have to jump through these loopholes so let's talk about that um do so it sounds like you sometimes have to coach your clients on improving the customer experience. So can you kind of expand on that, on what you've had to work on? And and I know everyone is different, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. yeah. So this is really interesting because I think everyone has the same uh, core challenges with customer experience, which is your customers don't care about your business they don't care um and so many people like when i first talk to them somewhere i can meet them at a show or they'll call on the phone or schedule a meeting whatever and in talking to them there's kind of this assumption that their customers should have their credit card in their hand when they call Mm. like that's the only reason that transaction is taking place and for a contractor it's like well that's all they care about right give me the credit card but um like imagine uh, imagine if my wife uh wakes up today and like the toilet is leaking everywhere she's gonna be pissed off she's gonna be stressed like hell this is something else that's gonna interrupt my day like block off the kids keep the pets away like all this stress and like chaos and for for a lot of people it's embarrassing to have to make those phone calls i think a lot of people forget like for a guy like me um it is really embarrassing to call a contractor to be like hey uh, there's an issue with the, the the toilet. Can you come fix it? Because it it like it feels somewhat emasculating to have to admit that you don't have the technical means or the time or aptitude to fix it yourself. Mm. And so people just assume like that's why you're calling because you want to give them a credit card number. The problem is I think people forget that people are not logical beings who sometimes think. Uh, mm. They are emotional beings who sometimes think. So it's like this idea of like, we have to address people emotionally first before anything else happens. So if my wife were to call a plumber in the same sort of like toilet leaking scenario, if they're saying is like, "Uh, yeah, I can't be out there today, but I'll be out there tomorrow. It's harsh. It's brash. It feels inconsiderate to the stress and the chaos that she's feeling. uh, She'll probably not move forward. Like it will likely be one of those things like she just doesn't get the vibes. However, If someone picked up the phone i am so sorry to hear that that's happening that must be awful like instantly that the person on the phone would feel heard seen recognized they would not feel alienated they would not feel ostracized they would feel like that their concern is safe like that is like step one is helping helping the customer feel like their needs matter and they're not just a number but not just a credit card that they're a human with experiences and the more that we can think about, this is true for teams, that the employees that work for you, that their experiences matter, that the yeah. way they care about each other matter, the way they care about the business matters. But the way that your customer, the, the way that your business makes the customer feel also matters too. So this will result in them not picking up the phone and call someone else. Those will result in them like, sure, they might have to wait a couple of days, but they feel like you get them. And they're totally welcome to wait a couple more days to get someone who gets them versus someone who's fast and cheap um they would either have that emotional security versus like a financial security or intellectual security so this idea of like focusing on the customer is such a huge deal so like one of the things for me where i started like learning this was when i was in college uh like probably like a lot of people i paid for my undergrad tuition by waiting tables Mm -hmm. and specifically i waited at tables at a a restaurant called pf chang's and pf chang's is like at the time it was like a fancy restaurant that like. Got a lot of buzz wherever it went. And actually, Martha, it was in uh, Utica Square in Tulsa. Oh, yeah. And it was sure. like right after they opened, it was everyone was talking about, like, go to P.F. Chang's. Because up until then, we just had to go to Dallas if you wanted to
2: go. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so opening one local, like everyone was talking about it. And I remember this one couple came in. I don't know if they were married or dating, but uh, you could totally tell the guy was trying to to like peacock for his girl by taking her to this restaurant that everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, she's all like, oh, this is so great. I'm going to P.F. Chang's. And she orders something. Um, and he's like, he makes a joke like, I don't like Chinese food. I'd like a steak or whatever, right? Like somewhere he's just running his mouth. What what people don't realize is at this point in time, P.F. Chang's had no marketing budget. They spent zero dollars on Billboard TV, radio, frozen food lines. There was no marketing. All their marketing was spent, all their marketing dollars were spent on like wowing the customer, on exceeding their expectations. As it turns out, this customer who wanted to wow his girlfriend or wife or whatever, uh, but didn't want Chinese food, he wanted a steak, he's a really good example of a problem that you can solve in wow. So in this case, uh, P.F. Chang's is open, is owned by the same company who owns Fleming's Steakhouse, the same ownership umbrella. And Fleming's happens to be right next door to P.F. Chang's in Utica Square in Tulsa. So I was able to have my assistant go next door to Fleming's, get the guy a steak, all the sides, plate it on P.F. Chang's plates, and serve it to him for dinner. Yeah. Um, he totally was wowed that I, one, took him seriously, his little snarky throwaway comments seriously, mm-hmm. and two, took care of it. Um, mm-hmm. They did not expect that gesture. So she got the Chinese food, he thought, holy hell, no one ever takes me seriously when I run my mouth like this. Uh, and so people are like, well, cool, what a what a wasted effort, because now, whatever. They came back the next day to have Chinese food. Yeah, like exceeding their expectations, meeting them where they were in like the emotional state he was resulted in him being a more profitable lifetime customer. And that's the trick. You can spend a whole hell of a lot of money to create a customer once or you can spend that same focus and energy, like caring about the customer, seeing the customer and getting this like loyalty that results in you having a lifetime value that is far more profitable than that one-time transaction. So uh, there's there's a whole lot of things that can go in there. But as a marketer, my big headache is I can get the phone to ring. Cool. But if you don't know how to answer the phone, if you don't know how to talk to the customer, if you don't know how to address those emotional complaints, they will not book. And then you'll get pissed off at your marketing person because you're not booking stuff. Yeah. Um, So it's really important. This is where, this is like where marketing and the ops start overlapping, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that our clients, the ones we work with, understand how to answer the phone, how to book the call, how the technician dresses, how they answer the doorbell. Like all these things go into how the customer feels, which impacts their ROI, which makes us look better. (laughs) So it makes everybody happier.
2: Yeah. And really you touched on it at the beginning that it's about how you make that person feel. And if you're making them feel heard, valued, important, all of those things because like you say they don't care all about your features and stuff they really want to be heard you're going to solve their problem um and a lot of it comes down to if you make them feel important you know Uh, Mm -hmm. and i tell you what i've been at the walmart checkout line and you know, the person clearly could care less if you're there or not. And in fact, it probably bothered that you came into the line, but I've also been in high-end places that do that same thing, you know, that the person waiting on you does that same thing. And neither one of those experiences feel good. So Mm. at the end of the day, It's a fairly easy problem to solve. It just takes attention to the experience you're creating. Yeah.
0: And it takes, I I think the other thing is it takes being honest. So Megan, to your point earlier, like everyone thinks that they do a good job at it. Um, In reality, I think most people would be surprised of how, how, uh, how average or negative their experiences with their company.
3: Well, and, and they didn't talk about it, the, the employee role in this, right? Mm-hmm. I've been going toe oh, to yeah. toe with my with my ops manager lately because she, and it's her job, she defends the company, right? Like she mm-hmm. is protecting her team and the company. But at the same time, I'm like, who's protecting the client, right? So I've got a service manager. I'm like, is it your job? It's like one of you has to fight for the client. Every
4: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> one of you has to think about the client. And the other one can think about the company. I love that we're thinking about the company. I'm actually very happy as an absentee owner. But that client experience part, like, how did they feel? And playing back a call recording with that context, like, what did what was the feeling we left them with? Mm. What was the taste of the mouth we left them with? And these surveys, I mean, they're so helpful because. How, you know, this isn't a review. I I I mean yes, I love reviews. Yes, Ryan, you said get the review. But like how did they feel? Were they underwhelmed? Cuz the underwhelmed people don't leave reviews. It's the really pissed mm-hmm. off people and the really really happy people mm-hmm. or the people who are doing what my technicians have been trained to do, which is like want to help out the tech that helped them, right? But they're only going to help out that tech if they had a great experience. So I I I I love that yeah yeah
0: and it's hard it's hard like our our ops manager has a similar sort of challenge because for ops people and martha you might somewhat relate to is like they're so quantifiable like they went to like check the box did this task happen did this mm-hmm. task happen mm-hmm. right it and that's that's totally their role and some some of the experiential components don't aren't as easily quantifiable yeah. um, because you can do the right things and it still feels icky.
2: Mm-hmm. Like it
0: can still feel off. But for for a lot of ops people, you're checking the box. Like that task was complete. That task was complete. And you, it really does take some sort of like EQ or emotional sort of awareness of what sort of body language or tone of voice are you picking up from the customer outside of the literal dictation, dictation of the, the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um like, those things do take a sort of, like, a feel, not just a, did we ask this? Did we say these words?
3: Mm, yeah. Amy, Amy's doing a celebration here, which I feel like we have to celebrate, and then we can move to 100- Good
0: job, Amy.
4: Oh, my gosh,
3: we are excited that you're excited and you should celebrate. Like that's something to celebrate with your team. That's something to celebrate with your clients. That's something to celebrate with your family. That is really, really good work. Um, And and think of how many more reviews we can get when we dial in this client experience, when we really provide that steak at the Chinese food restaurant. It's
2: such a good, a great story. <laughs> yeah, we're all very good friends with um, Amanda Powell at Parosh power selling pros she is part of our admin boot camp that we put on and so when she is teaching the admins about that experience and like when you were talking I'm thinking oh yeah Amanda covers that oh yeah Amanda covers that but uh it is And recording those phone calls, and I know people that go as far as being a secret shopper to where, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know, they have people come in the house. And so I owned a maid service, and we weren't good about being consistent with this. We did it a little bit. Um, You know, it takes some attention to, to carry it through, but it's a great idea because there are things that we set up as systems that are not a great experience for our customers, you know, and when you hear that a few times, you're you've got to pay attention. I'm going, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I need to change that. But
0: yeah, one uh, one of the companies I think who's doing who's uh I have a love hate with Amazon. But one of the things that they do really well, I think, is they're mindful of reducing and removing, if they can, any sort of friction between a customer and a customer giving them money. So, as an example, if in some markets, I don't know if people know this, in some markets, they have these like no touch, like convenience Mm -hmm. stores where you can walk in, you can scan your palm and walk in, pick up whatever you want and leave. You're not waiting in line, you're not seeing a teller, you're not having to like, out your credit card you're not having to wait for the process you just take what you want and leave and their system will process that transaction for you and apply it to the card that amazon has on file and i experienced this for the first time at a colorado rockies game last week where they had this little mini kiosk wanted a beer walk into the little beer fridge whatever (laughs) grab the beer left zero friction zero waiting in line zero anything annoying about buying concession food at a baseball stadium and so easy. Yeah. And the more companies can be like obsessed about reducing friction points like that with their customer, oh good lord. A customer, a company that can obsess over nailing customer experience so consistently will dominate any industry at any time. No questions
2: asked. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, we could go on and on about this forever, but uh, I get this. I better pass it back to Tay. And uh, she's gonna start us off with homework and kind of line all of us out on what to do as far as passing out homework.
1: you got it. Well, I think I can speak for all of us in saying that we might need Ryan back on another show because I feel like we've just like scratched the surface of your knowledge and all that you can give to the industry. So I wanna thank you for just spending time with us this morning and- um, As far as homework goes, I know we kind of like pre-warned you about this. So it's not homework (laughs) for you. It's homework for our listeners. And this is really what we like to think makes our show different and holds our listeners accountable. So we are about to give you four to five pieces of homework. And as listeners, we know that's a lot to handle. We know that's too much to potentially do within one week. So we ask you to focus in and really find the homework that spoke to you that is going to help you this week specifically move the needle forward. If you get the first one done, that's great. You can feel free to move on to others, but please just focus on one at first. And Ryan, we will kind of save you till the end. So that way we can go ahead and um, have yours wrap us up at the end there. And uh, the only other thing I'm forgetting is accountability group. We do have an accountability group on Facebook. If you do need help with homework, you do have questions or anything in regards to that you can feel free to jump in that group. And that is our private Facebook group, which we'll go ahead and drop the link in the comments here. So marketing wise, we talked about a lot of different things. And I think what spoke out to me the most was when we really got into that concept and conversation of short format video. And there's so many different ways that you can go about this. And like Brian said, it's not going away. It's not something that is going to magically disappear tomorrow. And no one has to be worried about being on camera. (laughs) So That's something I know we've talked about before on the show. I know a lot of us struggle with that. A lot of us struggle with getting in front of a camera, getting, just turning it on and saying hello to your followers and your listeners and the people that are in your community and following your brand. And that's going to be my challenge this week is whatever short video format you want to create, whether that's on YouTube, whether that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, there's so many options that are out there pick a space that you feel comfortable, a space that you know you have raving fans that are going to rally behind you. And if you want to, you know, send a message out beforehand, hey, I'm going to be dropping this video today, would love any extra support and feedback on how it kind of went. To me, I've always found that helps a lot with my personal micro um, Instagram page. It's something that getting that feedback the first time around and first few times around really does help build that confidence. So Find a place you're comfortable, find a place that you have your support team that's there that can be able to give you feedback and get that ball rolling.
3: I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, feedback is so helpful and people want to help, right? Like they, they do vulnerable to ask for help. And if you say like, if you leave space, like, hey, I'd love some criticism here. I want to do better. People like, oh, yeah, let me tell her. And somebody. <laughs>
1: Food in your and teeth. it's like in a nice way, like, lemon
3: yeah. Like- I mean, be, you, you have food in your teeth. I thought you want to know. Somebody else said, You have devil eyes. And I'm like, Thank you. This is very helpful. I will do better. <laughs> Check Devil Yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, it was helpful, though. So, okay, but I want to go back to customer journey, customer experience. Um, and I'm going to challenge us to bring in our ops manager and bring in our service manager, bring in the leaders in your company and do the ideal experience with them. So step one, do it with them. What should be happening? Because they're going to come at it from different angles and they're going to remember parts of the system that you're not going to remember. And so kind of flush it all out and then task them, not you. Well, I mean, it depends on your role in the company. For me, it can't be me. But for them, probably task them to audit a couple of experiences and have a follow-up meeting and be like, so... What did, where did we, what did, we, where did that go? Like hmm, what happened? And you can you can do this by listening to calls. You can do this by reading those surveys. You can do this by looking at your company ham checklist. You can do this um you can do this by having somebody go to the job site. Do quality control, right? You can interview a customer. You can do secret shopping. But what should the experience be? And then what is the current experience? And then you can start optimizing it. And I feel like if you bring your team in with you to do this, it would be less, it, like, you'll get adoption faster. There'll be less friction points, I think. Um, and I love this idea of friction points. Every time I get involved in a client experience, it's because I say, like, I'm a busy person. I'm like, that. they had to call us seven times, guys. Or that call took nine minutes. Like, how do we make it better? Because I I would not have had the patience for it. And they should not have had the patience for it. Um, so I love that. And small plug, if you are struggling with this uh, admin bootcamp adventure, we have a virtual coming up in May with Power Selling Pros. So one-day virtual admin admin bootcampadventure.com. And we also have our in-person one coming up in July in Las Vegas. And we're very excited about it. And it's never too soon to start investing in your admin who's going to take that marketing lead and turn it into a raving fan for you.
4: Good stuff. Good stuff. And your systems homework this week is to check out this Descript, I've never even heard of it. It was like a bomb that just got dropped on me today. So I'm ready to rock. I'm going to download it myself. I might actually do my first TikTok. We'll see.
3: Already signed up.
4: Yeah. What?
3: I've already signed up. We should totally do it.
4: Okay. Let's 100% <laughs> do it. And I won't be scared and I won't be a perfectionist. I pinky swear. Uh, so that's your homework
2: this week. Okay. And my homework is... I had a hard time choosing this week, but I think what I want you to do is I want you to have five customer experiences and that happens all the time. Gas station, fast food, whatever. Five customer experiences and I want you to evaluate the customer experience and rate it and put what you liked and what you didn't like. And then take that information. Look at your company. Do you do those things that you like? Do you do the things you don't like? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and take that to improve your customer experience. Who knew that we were going to have Ryan on today and then talk a lot about customer experience. But it's been great. Love it. So, uh, Ryan, do you want to give them any homework?
0: I will give homework. So I think everyone's doing a really good job, like tactical things, which is usually where I struggle. So I'll do something a little bit more cerebral, uh, for a lot of people starting with the customer experience starts with like understanding the pain your customer is experiencing before they contact you in the more Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com/slash Fight Club for, as in the number four business.
2: Fight Club fight. for Business.